This is the Retags Podcast. In association with the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation and the University of Cape Town, Retags is the reimagining tragedy from Africa and the Global South. In this limited series, we will be exploring and contextualizing themes of tragedy as they relate to the inaugural production of the Retags Project, Antigone, Not Quite Quiet, presented by the University of Cape Town and the Magnet Theater. Welcome to another episode of the Retags Podcast. I'm your host, Emma. In this episode, I was able to sit down with some of the performers for Antigone. Now, I've split the performers into two categories and we'll be having two separate conversations. The singular group of Antigone is comprised of both master students out of the University of Cape Town and trainees from the Magnet Theatre program. In this episode, I sit down with the master students. Great. So, thank you guys for sitting with me. So, I'm gonna, I've already asked a few of you this, but let's go ahead and ask again, what does tragedy mean to you? I think we're all still developing our own understanding of tragedy, specifically in relation to theatre, in relation to our own um, being. And practice, I think. Yeah, and then our practice and how Mm. we make. So personally, what I've started to understand is that there's something happening or it's coexisting with us that could be called the tragic and that tragedy is the form of making that explores the tragic. Mm. That's I, sort of what I've gathered. Yeah, and also I think tragedy is provides a container in which we can you can express questions about the tragic yeah. mm. and questions about things that you find tragic within, within within the themes and subject matters that you, as 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 uh, as as postcolonial theatre makers, how we how we want to use the form and how we want to kind of challenge and ask questions and arrive at new questions around exploring the tragic and what that means. Great. I've heard of this from a few of you, but mostly mostly from Jason, that. There's this focus with this project of, of the decolonization of Antigone, and I would, as best you can, what does what does that mean? How do you how do you decolonize Antigone? Ooh, that's a rough question. Yeah, that is a very <laughs> rough question. <laughs> I think it it starts with the sense of destructuring, of, of taking apart to restructure again, mm. decolonizing Antigone. Oh, we've been doing it in the in rehearsal to some extent, working with working with uh, with Neo in terms of transcribing, in terms of transcription, in terms of translation, finding the disembodied version of Antigone. And I think that that can speak to a sense of decolonization. But also it's I think it's about I would say unraveling and mm. tearing apart mm. the structures and the yeah, the structures and the systems in th- that we on a daily basis have to walk through, sit mm. in, negotiate with, have conversations with and about and finding and and like I said, I think the production that we're busy with is trying to get to a to some kind of conversation at the end. And how do we how do we continue conversations about decolonization that isn't yeah. And also these structures that we're talking about are structures that we've come to know that have sat that have sat so strongly within this colonized canon mm-hmm. of how we view theatre and how we language how like what does it mean 
and in like breaking down or like disrupting and figuring out we're trying to find or mold ourselves or find where we are within that for something that has been for so long like the canon of colonization in terms of like language and the way we view the world and how as not like necessary but like as these post-colonial like beings how do we fit into all that yeah, because yeah, that's been, that's sort of been my overarching question with this production ever since it came up in those early, early rehearsals, because I personally just, I don't have a concept of how you, A, decolonize something that is inherently colonial, which mm. is, which is the presence of Greek tragedy in Africa, that is, in a, that is a colonial act, mm. and how do you decolonize something that is, how do you decolonize a fictional body? Like she like she doesn't like quote unquote exist. She's not real. Exactly. So how do you how do you remove a how do you remove something from something like that? But maybe it's even further than removal because from what I've understood about the decolonial project, what I up a bit at her, is it's it's about a value placement as well. It's mm. I think this is what Siva is also trying to say is whether fictional or real, alive or dead, the problem is that what comes from a Western or a colonial lens is deemed valuable and what is other is deemed lesser. Yes. And I think it's about actively moving the other or the lesser, whether it be language or body or view or lens, to a center and going, this has just as much value, if not more, because we're here. Mm. Value. I yeah. didn't even think about it as a value placement. That's, yeah. yeah, but that Thanks. makes but that makes a lot of yeah. sense. I also, I think um, I'm interested in, in in the sense of being in the dark. You you spoke about a, a fictional character, a character that exists but doesn't exist. Mm. And I, I think for us, for the, the tragedy group um, students, it's it's interesting to be in the dark, to be in the space of not knowing really what, and how and why, mm. but yet going through. <laughs> Yeah. And moving, m moving through the, 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 the space of, of not knowing and, and trying to figure out. And maybe perhaps that is an act of decolonization. Mm. Mm. Maybe that is an act of stripping, uh, stripping away the whatever it is that needs to be stripped away mm. for something to be born anew again. Mm. Uh, and transformed is not the right word, but reimagined. Trans yeah. Something. I mean, something else that we also did, another tool that we used in terms of, I suppose, decolonizing Antigone was looking at Antigone not as a single individual, that the chorus has now become Antigone. And that is another way that we have, you know, looked at systems, the, the, the you know, Ar Aristotle's poetics and, you know, how Thespia stepped out of the chorus, but now we're sort of putting everything back into a group voice but and, and and not just a group voice but individuals ourselves within the group you know who are we who is Antigone to us are we Antigone are we Antigone as individuals or are we Antigone as a group or how are we Antigone yeah that's also been quite an interesting process and maybe I'm just thinking maybe I think in a I think the colonial and the capitalist cannot be removed from one another because the two sort of emerge together yeah, and absolutely. I think what what Mo's trying to uh, what Mo's saying here is maybe the very act of removing the individual 
as the the central member is also removing this capitalist notion of like it's about it's individual gain mm. instead mm. of community gain or but it's quite interesting because the the formation of Greek tragedy in its original sense was not necessary. It was like after Shakespeare, like the Shakespearean and the Romantic era, era that it became all about the psychology of man. Mm. Yeah. Whereas before Where the Freudian came in. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas before it wasn't that. It was never about this like the individual and speaking to one person. person yeah. So I think there is like value going back to like what were the Greeks what was like the message? What were people trying to say yeah. in removing it from an individual and not necessarily making it a realistic body that you can almost touch and consume and make knowledge of their conscious and their psyche. Yeah. And like how that shaped and made that society and that community. I've always found sort of the Freud adaptations of the Greeks to just be a, a gross misunderstanding of what was going on <laughs> in the text themselves. It feels like there was a lot of um, projecting going on. <laughs> I really, uh, but I, I think, but the one, I think the one thing we can begrudgingly thank him for is the is bringing it back into the public sphere mm. it's like without that we i don't know that we wouldn't be that we we, we probably wouldn't be talking about this right yeah. now we probably wouldn't be doing these plays um so as much as that guy doesn't really know anything about anything <laughs> and, um, he's that's the one thing i think yeah. that we can thank him for but i think you're absolutely right about sort of it being the collective when i was talking with mark about this we were talking about what is it about Greek tragedy specifically that has resonated within the continent of Africa so much. And my, my initial thought was, well, it's song and dance and rooted in ritual. And I think that, that might, that's part of it. I don't think that's all of it, but I think that's part of it. So what, what do you think makes this play so important to various African peoples? Um, that, uh, that, 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 I want to ask a question in response to that question. Okay. I want to ask the group whether they think that tragedy is synonymous to stuckness mm. within our context. But in the same sphere, I think it's also about the stuckness being bigger, larger than. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's out of human capabilities. Uh. Do you get what I'm saying? Not really, no. <laughs> no I think she means, like, <coughs> the yeah. possibility of removing yourself from the stuckness, not necessarily the stuckness, but the removal, like trying to escape the stuckness is beyond your human, like there's nothing you can do that will ever be able to remove you from the stuckness. And is that the tragedy then? Is the, tra is the, is the, is the tragic hero in an attempt to remove him or her or this, themselves from, from stuckness and reaching a point where they remain stuck? I think it's, it's also the, the gods are larger. Yeah. Uh. The s spirits playing is larger than Oedipus or Antigone. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, there's multiple realms that are controlling that. So, sorry, but th that comes back to you. <laughs> that, 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 that's my response to your question. Me too. <laughs> is that my, my thing is, 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 is the other tools within the, within the African diaspora that you're talking about are those the tools that enable us to, in a way, wiggle ourselves out of the stuckness? Is that de decolonization? Is that... Yeah, it's a lot, eh? It's a lot. <laughs> but going back to your question, I think that's something 
that really speaks to the African continent, like this connection to, to like these, to like gods and the spiritual realm, whether it's like ancestors or actual gods or who they believe. Because I think a lot of going in and out of different cultures and communities throughout Africa, I think a lot of them are rooted in the fact that they, they praise or worship certain gods which therefore give their life or their lifestyle ritual within that mm. so i think to some extent it's something that they could really familiarize themselves with and could connect to on a certain level so i think that's also why like tragedy is very much because like like we were saying this idea of stuckness is a realm with like beyond human control and I think a lot of African like cultures and ethnic groups within Africa all have that sense of there's some things that are just beyond our own control uh. that are governed before us, before we even existed. And there's always something before us. There's before and after us. There's an existence. And the idea that like <coughs> there what happens after death, it's almost like this continuous uh. I, like you are, you are forever living. And also, I think, earth or not. I think there's a there's a in, there's an inability to listen to what to 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 the deities and the beings that is beyond yourself. The inability to to follow the, well, I almost say the autonomous realm, the, the spaces that we are exploring, where the the things that are in the body, on stage, are being kind of exclaimed. On if that makes any sense. Expand further. Well, um, in terms of this, in terms of this, the sense of being stuck is that you are not allowing yourself to listen to. If you are someone who believes in your ancestors and stuff, that you are not allowing yourself to be in conversation with them, and to yo guys, this conversation. Is that a point? Is that a point of contention with Antigone then? Because she very much believes in the rituals and the deities and the life beyond this the one like mm. like beyond the mortal plane yeah. so to speak so do you find that to be uh do you think that would be a point of tension between sort of some some african performers performing antigone it sounds like it would be an interesting dichotomy to explore because mm. like her her rooted faith is that you know whatever the greek pantheon but also that you know everyone needs to get to the elysian fields like mm. otherwise you are hopeless mm. so i'm wondering oh, no i'm gonna keep wondering that yeah. i don't have, I don't have a response <laughs> yeah. to it just yet but that's also a difficult one because something we were exploring the, like last week and the week before the idea is that like antigone was the rebel by uh, to some degree because she was going against the law of the time but at the same time she's also doing exactly what is expected because she's following old laws and old mm. traditions but at the same time Creon's doing exactly what he's supposed to do by following the state and the time so it's also and I think that's what it's quite interesting about seeing it now like the way we're doing it in terms of like the strong influence of youth within South Africa and like old law new law new times new identities new ways of seeing how to fit into the world versus how people expected us to fit into the world or it's like the expected expectation of youth within the world and this like slippery slope of what is right what is wrong do we have voice we've got agency do we not have agency like all these things that come into play i'm just thinking maybe it's also a question of 
like ethics and morals because I've like <laughs> sometimes I get trapped in this thing because I think there's code to how we should live but then there's also a point where I determine my code mm. and sometimes my code goes against the code that's been set up for you yes yeah. and I think at the basis of Antigone there's it's that it's the like personal yeah. ethics sort of battling with this bigger morals or yeah. Or vice versa, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I personally have never been 100% clear on the difference between those two things. (laughs) (laughs) I know that they're frequently paired together. Yeah. And that's about it. (laughs) So it might be interesting to get a philosopher's view on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's sort of the, the point of conflict is, you know, it's not that one person is right and one person is wrong. And that's what makes it complicated and interesting, is like, yeah, I see where Creon is coming from, but yeah, I also see where Antigone is coming from. Mm. It's not like one is, you know, you know, there's no sort of clear, any, and nothing is clear cut mm. when it comes to this story, which mm. is one of the reasons why I love it so much. Mm. Uh, also, uh, I just like that it feels, it feels it feels like female empowerment when done correctly, mm-hmm. which I really, which I really, and I, that's why I also love this particular, particular production that we're doing, especially when you guys are all start screaming, fuck the patriarchy. God, I love that <laughs> so much. I love it so much. So how did you feel preparing for this show? Cause we've, we've been in it now for quite a few weeks and I still have no idea what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. Like we, yeah. what? How Stuck. do you? Yeah. Mm. How do you prepare for something that you, where the process is the exploration? So I feel like, if anything, it's this idea of discovery, which is also very, very difficult for me. It's almost like you're fighting a frustration, but you also have to trust some process because through this process we are discovering things Mm. so in terms of your question about like how do you prepare for it I think every day is is a constant preparation the end of last week that was quite I felt that we were all on a similar page and we could see how the material that we'd gathered and all the times of not knowing and singing the same songs and deconstructing them and like seeing the power within them and people constantly telling you to find meaning in the text and be like I do understand the text what do you mean I don't find meaning like so that's I, I think there was no way of actually I think the one way I wish I was from the beginning was absolutely letting go and allowing myself to just just hoy just to go and not be so stuck in the head and wondering what is this what does this mean why are we doing this I don't understand yeah. I always thought that that was always the most difficult part about performing was learning everything and then forgetting it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it almost, there's something weirdly freeing about it, but also incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, I've put in all this work and now I have to pretend that I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think to reiterate what, what um, Sivis just said, I mean, I'm still having to prepare for mm. every single rehearsal. Um, so following what you just said about every day being a preparation, yeah. Every day you have to walk into the space not forgetting what we had done the day or the week before, but also with f- 
fresh eyes and particularly fresh ears because mm. I think a breakthrough that we had last week as a cast was realizing the importance of, of listening to one another as a group. And so there were so many things coming into this process that I, you know, that if you, if you did come with expectations, that was probably the worst thing that you could have probably done for yourself. Yeah, pre preparing for a process like this is literally just preparing to trust the process and just be open yeah. to just listening and, 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 and responding, consciously responding to whatever it is that is happening, good or bad. Yeah, it's been, it's been, quite, a, it's been quite a challenging process, I must say. I've, I've been personally challenged quite a lot by it, but I think what I'm grateful for is, is seeing how everyone's individual processes has, has been challenged. And I mean, I don't think there's anyone on that stage who's like, oh, it's been happy-go-lucky every single no day. No one up there is phoning it in. No. no. Literally nobody. Um, but, and I think it's, I think it's, but we're all feeling that way together. And mm -hmm. it's, it's in moments like, you know, when we're huddled in that little grave, grave <laughs> in the middle of the stage, when you, when we, we all get to, well, I definitely get a sense that I can really feel how we're mm -hmm. all feeling. And I think in a strange way, it's, that is helpful to the process because, you know, like Jason was saying about being in the dark, we're all still kind of in the dark. We are, you know, and, and yet we still have to hold on to one another and trust mm. one another. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anybody in this whole process who isn't in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> but something I think that I feel like we all got a grip of, and I think it was something to do with like when we took the text for ourselves and kind of made it, made it for ourselves and what did it mean to us. And something Mark said, I think it's like the third week was like, what, what are you protesting? What does no mean to you? Like, what does that? And we kind of just were constantly in like this. I'm not sure in the dark. But I think getting the texts and like finding meaning for yourself, it almost gave a drive and a and a direction to what you were fighting for, which also found a shift in the whole piece. It wasn't like we were floating in a vacuum. But rather, it had like a direction. It had like a passion. It had, it was moving forward. It was like a force. You found your motivation. Yeah. Which is always, at least I found, that was always the hardest question to ask when when I would be performing. It would be, you know, you know, why am I moving from point A to point B? Why am I saying this in this moment? Why am I saying it this way? Yeah. And finding once you find motivation, then I feel like everything else falls into place because suddenly you have all the answers yeah. to what you're doing. And it, it's definitely, I feel like, for this process, a little bit more difficult because you aren't, you all aren't playing individuals. Yeah. You are a collective individual. Yeah. And so there's things that, you know, at, there are certainly things at po points that you need to agree on for the thing to work. Yeah. But also, I think, sort of maintaining the individuality within yourself and, you know, you don't have to tell, you know, the rest of the group, you know, why you're saying this thing particularly loudly. Yeah. Um, and, but it's been really amazing to watch over these last few weeks because it's really fun to watch people explore. But I am, I am getting a little bit antsy about what the final product is going to look like. Because mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I really have no idea. 
I mean, especially, like, I've seen Jenny's piece, and Jenny's piece is just Jenny, and that's great and cool, and you guys are doing your thing, and that is also great and cool, but I still don't know what your guys' thing is actually going to end up looking like. And then, and then there's this mystical Tiresias thing. Yeah. That, like, that's, that's just awesome. all the way over there that I can't even, that I haven't even really thought about. But it's going to, I think it's, I mean, it's definitely, I'm so excited just to be a part of this. Because I, this is something that I care about so so deeply, mm -hmm. and I really think that these stories are really important, and I love seeing how they work out in places that I am unfamiliar with through people I do not know, and it's been just uh, just a fucking dream. <laughs> it's just a fucking dream to be here and doing this with you guys. Yay. That's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you, Emma. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, a huge thank you to the master students for sitting down with me. Performers are so insightful about the work that they're doing, and I always find it very enjoyable to talk to other students about the work that they do and how they feel about it. Hope to see you next time. <laughs>